RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top story is the number of deaths from coronavirus passes 100,000 worldwide as governments are warned against easing lockdowns. The media and trade unions are urged to monitor how an $80 billion handout is spent and bus passengers are told they won't get a fare cut because operators can't afford it. The number of confirmed deaths from coronavirus around the world has now passed 100,000. Italy has suffered the most deaths, followed by the United States. Lockdowns imposed to stop the spread of the virus have crippled economic activity and given many governments a dilemma on when to start easing restrictions. The head of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, is advising caution. I know that some countries are already planning the transition out of stay-at-home restrictions. WHO wants to see restrictions lifted as much as anyone. At the same time, lifting restrictions too quickly could lead to a deadly resurgence. The way down can be as dangerous as the way up if not managed properly. Locally, the Chief Secretary, Matthew Cheung, says the administration may ask the public to keep a check on whether employers that claim a coronavirus subsidy carry on paying their workers. Mr Cheung said that despite the $80 billion handout announced this week, he expected more people to lose their jobs, although he hoped the unemployment rate would stay below the 8.7% recorded during the 2003 SARS crisis. He said the government was considering publishing a list of subsidy recipients to make monitoring easier. In Hong Kong, we've got a very active media and also a very active trade union movement here. I'm sure that all these are very important watchdogs. But of course, if there's any criminal element involved, conspiracy, dishonesty and so on, we will act in accordance with the law. And any outstanding sum not used will be clawed back. And we are also considering imposing a penalty for any deviation from the so-called regulation rules imposed by the scheme. Meanwhile, the Labour and Welfare Secretary, Lorji Kwong, admitted that the subsidy scheme could be vulnerable to scams. He told an RTHK programme that he knew of people listing unscrupulous ways to profit from the measure, but insisted that they can be dealt with. For example, the authorities can theoretically identify employers who cut workers' pay and take back part of the subsidy. But Mr Law said it would be impossible to assess each employee's salary, as doing so would delay the rollout of the scheme. A former hospital authority executive has cautioned against reopening the border with the mainland too soon, saying public health must come before economic or political concerns. Dr Derek Au said he'd heard the mainland authorities were considering easing restrictions at the border with Hong Kong as soon as next month. He said the SAR was still seeing a double-digit increase in the number of cases every day, and while the situation on the mainland has stabilised, that could yet change. The Transport Secretary Frank Chan says some bus companies are already in the red and simply can't afford to offer fare discounts like the MTR is doing. The rail operator will cut fares by 20% from July. Asked why he hadn't told bus operators to do the same, Mr Chan said the administration had blocked requests for fare increases and officials had to consider the operating environment for bus companies. He said bus passengers would benefit from improvements to the government's fare subsidy scheme.
We have in fact uh, lowered the threshold from 400 Hong Kong dollar to 200 Hong Kong dollar so as to enable more people to benefit. In fact, by lowering the threshold, there would be 5 million Hong Kong people who would benefit from the subsidy. And the amount of subsidy on average would be increased from roughly about $75 to $99.9. So the increase in subsidy is rather substantial in terms of percentage. Mr Chan compared the government's efforts to help the struggling transport sector with firefighting and admitted some older workers were not covered by relief measures. He said taxi use had plummeted, so full-time drivers would get a subsidy of $6,000 a month for six months, while part-time drivers can claim a $7,500 as a one-off. Once LegCo's Finance Committee approves the measure, they'll get the handout within a month or two. However, he said the government was still looking at ways to help workers not covered by relief measures. That includes minibus drivers over the age of 65 whose employers can't claim a subsidy. We all appreciate that there are drivers who are of age 65 or above because they don't have the MPF account and therefore I understand from the Secretary for Labour and Welfare that he will look into alternatives as to how to uh, offer uh, support to these uh, green minibus drivers. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just after five minutes past one. Back now to the international reaction to the COVID-19 crisis. The United States has become the first country in the world to record more than 2,000 coronavirus deaths in a single day. Figures from John Hopkins University show that 2,108 people have died there in the past 24 hours. Here's the BBC's David Willis. The United States now has the highest number of cases of coronavirus of any country in the world. And with more than 18,600 deaths here, the U.S. could soon surpass Italy as the country with the most coronavirus deaths worldwide. Researchers had predicted the death toll here would hit its peak on Friday and then gradually start to decline, falling to around 970 people a day by the 1st of May, the day members of the Trump administration have floated as a possible date to start reopening the economy. The US Surgeon General has advised people of colour to avoid alcohol, tobacco and drugs to reduce their risk of contracting COVID-19. Dr Jerome Adams said the virus was disproportionately affecting black, Latino and other minority communities, partly because they have a greater burden of chronic health conditions. Dr Adams, who is himself African-American, said communities of colour must step up to stop the spread of the virus. It doesn't matter if you look fit. If you look young, you are still at risk for getting and spreading and dying from coronavirus. The chronic burden of medical ills is likely to make people of color, especially, less resilient to the ravages of COVID-19, and is possibly, in fact, likely uh, that the burden of social ills is also contributing. An experimental coronavirus drug has shown promising results in a preliminary trial involving 53 severely ill patients. The U.S. pharmaceutical company Gilead Sciences said two-thirds of those treated with remdesivir showed improvement. BBC's Gareth Barlow reports. Initially developed as a potential treatment for Ebola, remdesivir has previously shown promise for treating other coronaviruses, such as SARS and MERS. As health experts and scientists rush to find drugs that may help treat patients with COVID-19, the results of the initial trial will surely offer hope. 
but more conclusive studies are needed to confirm whether the drug can be effective in the fight against the pandemic. Remdesivir is not yet licensed or approved anywhere globally. Despite that, Gilead, the drug's manufacturer, has been increasing production. Hong Kong's hospital authority said last month that it would begin testing the use of remdesivir along with other health authorities worldwide, including in Hubei province on the mainland. To sports and the family of the Liverpool soccer legend Kenny Dalglish say he has tested positive for the coronavirus but is not showing symptoms of the disease. The 69-year-old former Scottish international striker who started his career at Celtic was admitted to hospital on Wednesday to be given treatment for an infection that required intravenous antibiotics. Another high-profile footballer, former Leeds United and England defender Norman Hunter is also receiving hospital treatment after contracting the coronavirus. And Spurs great Jimmy Greaves remains in hospital, but the Premier League club have issued a statement saying he doesn't have the virus and isn't being treated for another stroke, having suffered a severe stroke in 2015. There's positive news for another sportsman who contracted the virus. The Arsenal manager, Mikel Arteta, says he's made a full recovery after being diagnosed four weeks ago as as having several relatives also who fell ill. He said it took about five to seven days to fully recover and he paid tribute to those who are working to keep society safe. The biggest lesson I think we can take is that uh, we have to try to to care about the others much more than what we do at the moment. And we have some great examples here on people putting their lives in the line just to try to help all of us, you know. And that goes to all the people in the hospital, all the nurses, you know, all the people that's helping us to, to provide food, you know, all the people that are in transport. So it's it's so many people there. The people are thinking right behind spending 24 hours a day to try to find solutions to this. And, um, and, yeah, and hopefully we can take that uh, to the future. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The number of deaths from coronavirus passes 100,000 worldwide as governments are warned against easing lockdowns. The media and trade unions are urged to monitor how an $80 billion handout is spent and bus passengers are told they won't get a fair cut because operators can't afford it. That's the news from RTHK. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3pm. This week, we play a mini-musical tribute to one of the giants of contemporary African music. He was taken by the coronavirus last 24th of March in Paris. Of Sol Makosa international fame, Manu Dibango. We also sample hot new tracks from other places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And as I said, we're paying a mini musical tribute to the late great Manu Dibango. He was born Emmanuel Njoke Manu Dibango in Douala in, Ka- in Cameroon, Western Africa, on the 12th of December 1933. And he passed away in Paris uh, last Tuesday, 24th of March this year of the coronavirus. He was 86 years old. He came to international fame thanks to one song in particular, Sol Makosa, which came out in 1972. And there's quite a story of that song. 1972, Manu Dibango, already based in Paris then and famous nationally in his native Cameroon, Western Africa, 
asked the Minister of Sports uh, to let him do the national hymn for the National Football League, who was to play in that year's CAF, the Coupe d'Afrique des Nations du Football. And uh, he came out, he got the commission, was paid a million francs CFA in the day, which was a huge amount. And uh, the song was released on a vinyl, 45 RPM. Of course, he was missing side B on that 45. And so he came out on a whim uh, with a track based on the, the beat of the Makosa rhythm of Cameroon, giving it a soul arrangement. And he called it Soul Makosa. <laughs> the team lost. Everybody was breaking the vinyl 45 RPMs. But the B-side got an extra listen in 1972 in New York, in Brooklyn, thanks to a discotheque, The Loft, uh, who had a record shop, as well as one particular DJ, Frankie Crocker, from WBLS, uh, the most listened to black New York radio station of the time. And then he got a contract with Atlantic Records, just set up that year, and he came out with a whole album with the title track, Soul Makosa. It's become iconic of his whole career and just uh, the lyrics because he plays saxophone he's a composer and he's also a singer and he's got this voice he plays the sax he's a singer songwriter and he sings and the lyric to that song which is sung in his native Dula language it goes mamako mamasa maka makosa here's manu dibango and soul makosa Mama, 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 mama,